0: This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 328 of the Girls Gone Wad podcast. This episode is sponsored by Kettlebell Kitchen. Our faves, your Our faves. faves. If you haven't tried Kettlebell Kitchen yet please get on that train because you can customize all of your meals. You can buy one at a time, two at a time, three at a time. You can buy weeks at a time. It's really, really flexible in terms of the plans that you can choose. And you can use discount code GGW to get a discount off your order and support Girls Gone Wild podcast. You can support Joy and Claire by supporting kettlebellkitchen.com. So Um, good. I've been taking them to work every day (laughs) every
1: single person in the kitchen is like, where did you get that? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, it's cut. It's like this, you know, frozen or not frozen, like this meal delivery, pre-made meal delivery service. I say frozen cause I freeze them and they're like, Oh my gosh, it looks like you got that at a food truck. I'm like, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's so good. Here's my like level two, my advanced pro tips. I personally, if you're, if you were planning to freeze them, here's what I found. Cause we freeze almost all of our kettlebell kitchen. We don't, eat almost any of it fresh. And so, um, and that's just because like many reasons, one of which being that it just takes up a lot of room in our fridge and we have a chest freezer. And so it's just like better real estate. But what I'm getting at is that I think that the beef and pork meals freeze better than the chicken meals. So pro tip, if you're going to freeze them, go online and and pick uh, beef and pork meals.
0: Oh, gr- yeah. good pro tip. Because I will say that there are some meals that probably don't freeze as well yeah, as Yeah, like others. the salmon cakes don't freeze well. Yeah, like there's certain things that just aren't great at freezing. But yeah, I think that's a great pro tip. I tend to order them the weeks where I can just eat it throughout the weekend, so I haven't been freezing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the great thing is that I've mentioned before is that you can freeze your meals, or like... <laughs> You can freeze the plan, not freeze your meals, but you can pause the plan if you are going out of town, like last week for the games, I paused my meals, so then we don't just... I don't keep getting like a backload of meals and then I have all these meals and I hate wasting food. So it's lovely. So thank you guys in advance. If you can support the podcast by supporting our great sponsors, one of which is kettlebellkitchen.com. I want to just get right off on this episode and say thank you so much to everyone who wrote an email or a message uh, in response to the episode last week where we kind of the episode 327, Filling Our Feelings. We really just processed a lot of things going on in the world. As you guys know, we really try to keep this podcast as honest as possible. And sometimes things are just really serious in life. And this was a really touchy subject. I had kind of like nervous sweats all day, just waiting for the negative comments to come. And nobody was disrespectful, which just, again, proves what an amazing audience that we have and the listeners that are really compassionate and give grace to our podcast and the things that we say, and know that we're coming from a really good place. And also just knowing that we're all trying to have an open mind here. And and the most important thing out of all of this is, I don't want everyone to agree. I don't think it's healthy for everyone to agree or to feel like we all have to agree. That's definitely not how the world works, nor should it work. I think contract, contrast is a beautiful thing. But I also think that the bigger picture with all of this, uh, the episode, was that we're really wanting to show everyone, and I want to learn this lesson continuously, is to have a discussion, and how to have an open mind, and how to listen to one another. So thank you guys for just showing that to me and to and for offering your opinions and your discussions in such a respectful way that it really uh, impacted me on a personal level. I was really surprised that we didn't get any quote unquote hate mail or people really kind of attacking us for even just talking about this topic. It was quite the opposite. So I just want to say thank you to our listeners.
1: Yeah, it was great. I think I'm not, I've stopped being surprised when we put, you know, quote unquote, controversial things out there and don't get a backlash because you guys are the best. Like one person wrote in and I won't use her name, but she's fa- fantastic. A longtime listener who we know pretty well. And she um, I posted that her email on Instagram stories because it just like really struck a chord in me where she was like, you know, thank you for trusting us with these topics. Like we are here to hold this space for you because you have done that for us. And to me, that was just like this message. So sums up what we are trying to do with this podcast is just create space. And I hate that term, but I think that that is what we're trying to do. Like just make a safe place for difficult conversations and acknowledge that we're not always going to have the answers. We're not always going to agree. And, you know, frankly, maybe not on a topic like this, but on a lot of topics, we're going to change our minds over time about certain things about it. You Absolutely. Know? And yeah. so we're just sitting here processing in real time, We don't have the answers. We know that our worldview is limited by our own internal biases that we don't even recognize and by our privileges and by everything that we come, you know, have come into contact in our lives. And a topic like this is something that we have a different perspective on because Joy has worked in mental health for 20 years. And, you know, I think that we really just appreciate that everyone, we really, really try to keep this conversation as open as possible. And we appreciate that you guys are on board with that because
0: it definitely is a two-way street. Right. It's definitely a two-way street. And I think the piece that, well, I just want to read what she wrote really quick. She says, I'm sure you'll get dozens of emails on this episode, but I needed to say that I'm so happy you guys feel safe enough with us to put your feelings out so vulnerably the listeners can hold your emotions and thoughts with you. After all, you have done this for so many of us. So thanks. Let's support each other and be kind, however that looks. Again, you guys already do that for so many of us. And that was just really, really, really sweet. And that's exactly what we're trying to do. So, I I think there was a part of me that all day I was just kind of worried because it is pr- a pretty vulnerable thing for us to talk about, but I just was really blown away. So I really want to, on that same note, get to an email that was shared with one of our listeners. <laughs> and I love, thank you everyone in the, in the subject line. Everyone just keeps writing like, not hate mail. I promise this is nice because they know that we are like, oh my gosh, what's coming? And so I just love that. I, it's kind of long, but this is what I'm talking about in terms of having a discussion that opens us up to different perspectives. And I just want to dive into this email. And I kind of want to make it as I want to read this email in its entirety. It's kind of long, but I'll try to read it fast and breeze through it. But I think it's really important on this discussion. And I don't think we're ever going to cover everything on this podcast, but I just want to give an example of here's what what I'm talking about as, as you're going throughout your life and you're using this in your daily life. And here's the other thing, like when Claire and I talk about these things, like this affects us on a daily basis, all of us, every single one of us, and to ignore it, that is privilege. So I think that when you're having discussions with other people, if you really, really sit and listen to them, that's... That will take us far. If there's anything you like learn from this show, it's like just listening to other people will take you really, really far. Instead of just being like, why are you so clenched on your ideas and your, um, I don't know, maybe opinions? Like, why are you holding on so tightly? can you open up your mind a little bit to see where other people are coming from? So we had this great email from a listener. It says, Hey, Joy and Claire, I just listened to your podcast on the El Paso shooting, and I just had a couple thoughts about your discussion. So a bit about my background. I live in Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is 45 minutes south of DC. Now you may be thinking, Oh, Virginia, they're nothing but reg Redneck racist. Just hear me out, I promise. My dad retired from the Navy, and my mom has been a school teacher for 30 years. I went to a liberal arts college in Norfolk, comp- comprised of mostly African American students. I was a double major in psychology and criminal justice and all of my projects had to do with either serial killers or school mass shooters. Now I have been a law enforcement officer in my hometown for five years. I have worked patrol, court services, and the transportation unit where we transport inmates. I remember Columbine. I remember 9-11, Sandy Hook, the Dallas shooting, and many, many more. Now, Joy, I know you mentioned the president and how it's like working with a horrible boss. I get that and I respect that opinion. I also want to thank Claire for pointing out that there have been plenty of other shootings with other presidents in office and it's not just Trump's administration. Having said the gun con- having said that gun control is a problem just like drugs and everything else in the world that's an epidemic is a problem. However, at least in Virginia you have to be 21 to purchase a gun and when you do they do a background check before you can purchase. Now that's not to say people are able to purchase guns without having to do that just like anyone else is able to get a hold of things like heroin and fentanyl. I'm an avid believer in the second amendment and have a right to protect yourself. But I agree that too many people who shouldn't be getting a hold of guns do. As a law enforcement officer, I carry off duty all the time because when you're in this field, you tend to not trust anyone, which I can attest to because I have a lot of friends as cops. That was Joy speaking. And I don't want that to be perceived as a bad thing necessarily, but I've seen the absolute worst in people. I think mental health has a big part in the shootings. I've taken plenty of people off the street for an eco- Joy, I don't know if you have, if you all have something similar in this, to this, but essentially it's an emergency custody order. Side note, yes, this is Joy speaking. Um, we do have something like that here in Colorado. In this order, we take them to the ER and have them evaluated by mental health providers. It's an eight hour time period. And if the mental health provider advises the patient needs further evaluation, then they issue a temporary detention order, which is good for, 72 hours, like I said last week. One of my partners is lucky to be alive because we were in a shootout with a juvenile and with severe mental health issues. He, just like any other individual who is charged with horrible horrible crimes, are court-ordered to be evaluated for an extended amount of time at a mental health facility. Now, this juvenile did live in a rough part of town. His father was a government worker and had handguns in the house and even a shotgun for hunting. Even though the father had these weapons locked up, the kid was still able to figure out the code and access the weapons. Now, even though the mental health facility found him competent to stand trial, he still had severe mental health issues like bipolar and antisocial personality disorder. I have seen perfectly good upstanding citizens make the wrong choice. And after they spent their time in jail, they came out a completely different person. Now in Virginia, all our mental health facilities are overbooked, which as a side note, this is coming from me. I can't even tell you the wait lists for mental health services that I see every single day. It's it is That is in and of itself as a problem, the resources that we have, that we constantly have waitlists for the services that we're trying to provide. Okay, back to the email. I'm constantly on call in my profession and woken up in the middle of the night to transport a patient who has been given a temporary order to somewhere in the state of Virginia. Since our facilities are constantly overrun, guess where the new mental health facilities are? They're in the jail. Individuals with mental health issues are around criminals. The jails don't have sufficient funds to care for these individuals with mental health problems. Quote unquote, crazy and criminals don't mix well. Like I said, I'm an avid believer in the Second Amendment, but I think there needs to be a higher standard for obtaining a weapon. Law enforcement has to go through a psychological test before being hired. Why not the rest of the public who goes out to purchase a firearm? I think there needs to be a safety course you should participate in before purchasing. Continue with the age requirement and the background checks, but unfortunately, no matter how many check and balances you can put on this kind of issue, people are still going to have things they're not supposed to. If you ban it, the more people are able to get a hold of it. Just like marijuana, heroin pills, switchblades, butterfly knives, all these things are illegal. However, I witness on a daily basis individuals having possession of it. Okay, so we're getting to the end here, I promise. I know this is a long email, but she's, it, this is such a, such good points. I interact with the general public and inmates every single day. Some come from really good families, some come from bad families, some have a silver spoon in their mouths, and some overcome adversity when nothing was going in their favor. Some have mental health issues, and some people are downright evil. The reason I side with more of the mental health being an issue is because normal people don't go out with the agenda to kill people, they just don't. I've seen criminals take advantage of autistic or Down syndrome adults to have them do horrific things. They do these things for the thrill because it's the bad, the thrill being caught it excites them. Ultimately, I think we're in a society where we just do have do not have the funds to treat individuals with mental health issues. I seriously scratch my head every day because I see and hear things that are absolutely ridiculous, and I constantly ask the question: What is the purpose of that? Like Elwood said, working out gives you endorphins. Happy people don't just kill their husbands, and I truly believe that happy people don't go out and kill people for no reason. Thank you for that email. So that that was like a that was power-packed. That was a lot of information. I do love all of the different points that were given right there. And I think
1: that they succinctly summed up one of the biggest reactions that we did get from people who apart from, you know, people who were really grateful for us talking about this, I think the other biggest reaction we got was like, "Hey, listen, I hear people say that it's quote-unquote not a mental health issue, but people without you know, happy people don't just kill their husbands type of thing. Like, I mean, I don't mean to make light of it, but I think, um, you know, that is kind of the biggest question is people will say, okay, well, you say it's not a mental health issue, but you can't tell me that somebody who walks out the door with the intention of killing a crowd of people is mentally stable. Right. And so what's your, what's your reaction to that? Or not reaction, but sort of what's your response to that?
0: So when I think of all of this discussion, I think we could talk for about 10 hours about this, but because I my biggest point working in mental health, the reason I say it's not a mental health issue, what I'm talking about is the solution. Because if you are saying we need to work on mental health, I need to know what that means. Does that mean you want to pour a ton of money into mental health and then we need to expand the net of the people that we can do a 72-hour hold on? Because right now there's very specific criteria of what determine someone needing that level of care so when people say oh it's mental health it's mental health I get like overwhelmed because I don't know which way they're going with that with that statement if you're gonna get more money to mental health that doesn't still capture everyone who needs mental health services because it has a lot to do with how motivated someone is to get help sometimes people are so mentally ill that they cannot enter treatment or stay in treatment
1: and the 72hour hold is not, something that you can just do on anyone
0: at any time. It is not. We are, we cannot, you cannot put a hold on someone who doesn't meet specific criteria. So if it's, it's kind of the same thing. And again, this is, I get a little bit scatterbrained when I start to talk about this because there's so much to it, but it's the same thing in a domestic violence situation, right? Like if someone says, My husband is trying to kill me. The cops can't do anything until something happens. Now, they could say, I want to put a restraining order on this person. Guess what? The person can violate the restraining order and shoot the person. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just Well, I think here's the
1: thing, though. And I, I don't want to get stuck in this loop because I think like at the end of the day, one of the biggest arguments is well you know these people are already criminals they're not going to follow the, they're not going to follow the law if if somebody really wants to you know obtain an illegal weapon they can do so and but i think what we're trying to say and I and i saw um Trevor Noah had a bit about this on the daily show the other night which i completely agreed with and it was like okay one of the biggest he didn't this is not his, his verbatim words but the gist of it was you know one of the biggest um things that people say when it comes to gun control is there are still criminals out there. If they want to get guns, they will. And you're never going to, you know, completely get rid of gun violence by regulating, uh, you know, who can get a gun. And he was saying, you know, I, and they'll say, well, you want to ban cars just because there are car accidents? No, we don't want to ban cars, but we do require that you take a test before you can have a driver's license and you have to get that license renewed every several, every couple of years and there's a um, you know, a class that you have to take. And oh, well, do you want to you know, ban, what was the other example he used? Do you want to ban air travel because of nine eleven? Like, well, no, but now, you know, his, he was like, you know, you can't even walk through security with too much spit in your mouth. Like, we're trying to make it safer. And he's like, that's but all I'm asking. Well, hold on. He was like, that's all I'm yeah. asking. I'm not saying there's a perfect solution. I'm saying, wh- what? let's just start to try. Let's try to make it safer. Because right now, it feels like we're saying, well, since there's no perfect solution, there's nothing we can do.
0: Right. But here's the thing this is a criminal act. Flying is not a criminal act. Driving is not a criminal act. Shooting people is a criminal act. I think if you have an X factor that could significantly reduce the amount of deaths due to a criminal act, why aren't we doing that? And the reason I really want to make it clear when I say it's not a mental health issue, I am not saying that these people are mentally stable. Let's be clear. I am talking about the solution. If you want to say that mental health is what we need to focus on, hey, I'm all for you throwing more money at mental health services. Lord knows we need it. However, when we're talking about a solution to a really, really big problem, mental health, quote unquote, mental health, whatever you mean by that, are you talking about everyone's required to go to counseling? Are you talking about everyone needs to be put on a 72-hour hold when we have the inkling that they are suicidal or a harm to self or others? What do you mean by that, right? So I get into that place. What I'm talking about is if we have a problem and you're saying mental health is the solution, that could t- that in and of itself, that plan from A to Z, whatever you mean by that, and again, I need to be well, I want you to ask yourself if you say it's mental health, what do you mean by that? A to Z, give me the steps of what you mean by that. That plan could potentially take 25 years to put into place, right? That that could take 25 years, whatever you mean, whether it be more funding, more facilities, more services, more services in schools, more counselors on site, like whatever that means could take 25 years. Right now, I'm focused on people not dying. And to me, taking away the thing that's killing people is could happen today. That could happen today. That could take legislation saying enough is enough. We're going to take this X factor out today and let's see what, I mean, that's where it drives me nuts. Cause I'm like, you have a solution that could literally take one step. Now I get that there's guns out there and people are going to always have a, but you know what I'm saying? without going into a tirade. I also want to put a resource really, really quick out there because I, I, again, I'm just trying to constantly educate people to get more information. And I hope everyone listened to that daily episode that I, that I posted, but also Joe Rogan just did a great interview. And I, I have mixed feelings about Joe Rogan as a person, but I think he, he does great interviews and has great conversations. And he just did a great interview with Bernie Sanders. Not that I'm like posting any type of political agenda, but it was a good conversation. It was a great conversation around this around these topics. So I'd highly encourage you to listen to the Bernie Sanders episode with Joe Rogan as well as the Pantsuit Politics podcast because they have two completely different opinions and they have very good respectful conversations. So if anything This is what I want you to get out of this is how to have these respectful conversations with one another, with your family, with your friends, on Facebook, on social media, overall with people in your community of how to have these conversations respectfully and that you're listening to one another.
1: And I think, you mean, yeah, I think the the conclusion of this is just, well, first of all, I, I wanna say like to that listener who wrote us that email, again, thank you so much for that. It was so thoughtful and so well put. And I think those are some great points. And I think that, you know, it is the reality and we all have so many different perspectives coming into this. And as someone like that listener who is really on the ground, you know, I appreciated that they had such an interesting insight both into the mental health component and into the access to weapons component. And I think that you can't separate the two necessarily when it comes to the the reality of, you know, who those who those people are who commit these horrible things. But to your point, Joy, it's like, you know, we're not trying
0: to split those hairs, Every single, uh, in every single of the conversation. Go ahead. And the, well, the other thing that I was, I was thinking about when you were saying that was like, we don't have to pick a side here. Right. You know, it's, I'm not saying it's not it's one not or the not other. A mental health issue at all. What I'm saying is if we're trying to solve a problem that's been going on forever and no movement not, has been yeah. made in really any direction. And so when I see it, you know, it's kind of like in where my brain goes with this is like, what's the most efficient way to get to our solution mm-hmm. right now? And that's where I see is the most efficient way to get to our solution. And down the road, if people want to really do some more mental health reform and put more money into those services, I think that's a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. But I also want to make sure people understand that the mental health system can't capture all of what we're seeing. And mentally, quote unquote, mentally ill people are not the ones who are The quote that I heard the president say was, uh, I think he said something along the lines of a mental illness or mental illness is what pulls the trigger, not the gun and and I was like, I, I need to go back and look because I don't want to misquote that, but it was something along the lines of like people who are mentally ill that is anger and mental illness pulls the trigger, not the gun. and while that is a really That's a very bold statement. I think that when we're trying to get to the most efficient place of solving this problem, that is where I feel like we need to put our focus on. And I'm not gonna restate everything I said from last week, but I do, you know, no one's gonna argue that these people are not stable, but it will take us 30, 25 to 30 years to put in place the solutions that people are proposing and I don't even, I've never heard one person put put out their plan of what mental health the mental health issue means like I don't see any plan from A to Z step by step what that looks like no one's no one's talking about that cuz no one has an answer what do you mean yeah, by that right, what right. is the plan Give me and the I, agenda, give me the, give me the timeline of what you mean by that. And then maybe I'll be on board with that. But I think that it doesn't have to be one camp or the other, but where I'm coming at with this, with this conversation is that this is what I see is like, it's pretty obvious. Like, why aren't we doing the obvious thing first? And then we'll figure out the rest of the stuff later. Like, yeah. what is the harm in not doing that?
1: Yeah. And I think also, you know, we had got a couple emails um, and obviously in the same way that we're – that nobody is saying or, you know, whether or not they may feel like they're implying it, every that every single person who, you know, like I know in our email that she referenced bipolar, she referenced schizophrenia, we're by no means saying or that, you know, every single person or even close to every single person or, you know, even 99.9% of people who – have to you know have, live with those types of mental illnesses are dangerous by no means are we saying that and i think in the same way are we not saying that 99.9% of gun owners are inherently dangerous but it is that okay we have this 0.0001% but that 0.0001% is making life really unsafe right now in this country and like, what can we do? And there is, yeah, there's not one, one clear answer, but we're going to keep talking about it because we have to live here and we have to think about it.
0: Let me give one last point for just my perspective from inside my job. I sit on a board where we review patient deaths and we do this once a month with about 10 other mental health professionals, nurses, psych nurses, psychiatrists, crisis counselors, everyone who's involved in this patient's care and we sit on this board and we review the cases and we look at what contributed to these patient deaths. A lot of it is chemical dependency. A lot of it is depression and a lot of it is where they take their own lives. So they may die from natural causes. They may die from a chemical dependency issue, but a lot of times it's them taking their own lives. And I have yet to run across a case in mental health where someone was killed by another human. And I'm not saying that that is the end-all be-all of the answer, (laughs) but I just, that's what I see. And the thing that we aren't talking about either in relation to gun violence is people taking their own lives with guns, which is a really big problem. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there as well as I see this every I feel like that just day. opened
1: like a whole other door. That's yeah. like a whole different conversation.
0: Yeah. So I again conversations guys, just have these conversations and get the information. I I I want to continue to humble myself by really understand, really knowing that I don't understand everything, but I know what I know. And I also want people to continue to do that for themselves and with the people they are around. I respect everyone's opinions, but I think what is so amazing is that people are having respectful conversations around this. So, but I, it it just breaks my heart too. When, um, when people just kind of throw out the mental health issue as like the main issue, the main problem. The one thing that I loved in that daily episode was also the psychiatrist was like, we don't have a medication for anger. We don't. I can't reduce someone's anger with medication or therapy. Yes, but you can't immediately reduce someone's anger with giving the medication aside from just like, Putting them to sleep with a sleeping pill, <laughs> like you right. know what I'm saying. So like just Perfums get your, sedating them. Which is a very short-term fix. Yes. <laughs> okay. Let's let's take a deep breath real quick. <sighs> um, I'm going to read a very 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 short email from a listener who just said some really lovely things. So we're going to lighten this up and then we're going to change the t- the subject. She said, "Joy and Claire, thank you for the feel your feelings episode and for being brave enough to share your thoughts. The last week has been emotional for me too. Of course, the news of the recent tragedies was tough to hear." But something I really struggled with was the reactions on Facebook. It's scary because no one seems to be willing to consider another opinion outside of their own and makes me wonder how anything will ever get better if we all have this attitude. I love that you girls brought up this subject like many other subjects by sharing your thoughts and being open to different views as long as they are respectful, researched, and start a conversation. I just want to put that on a bulletin board from this listener. I'm going to say it again. Sharing your thoughts and being open to different views as long as they are respectful, researched, and start a conversation. This is how we can change the world. That was a good one. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just need to take a, take a CBD bath, <laughs> take, a, take a deep breath. Uh, let's plug our socials before we transition to the next topic.
1: <laughs> All right. You guys ready to follow <sighs> us on social media? Uh, and breathe and... into the nose. Helping we are at Instagram, Joy and Claire underscore. We are on Facebook, Girls Gone Wild. What's our Twitter? Girls Gone Wild? Yeah. Uh, we have a Twitter. I never use it, but Joy's on there sometimes. Girls Gone I'm on Wild. there actually all
0: the time now. And I've been tweeting a lot from my personal account. Well, there you go. <laughs> so um, if people want to follow me on my personal account, it's uh, Joy Z Parish.
1: And you can find us at Girls Gone Wild, all right. We have some listener Q&A that we're going to get to. We had originally meant to do this as a bonus episode, but yeah. the record we were like testing out a new recording software um, and it didn't work. So. It didn't work
0: great. So we scrapped it and we're going to answer some here. Can I actually read one, one, one really, really fast bridesmaid thing that I laughed oh, so you, hard yes, at? Yes, so let's read like several needs... bridesmaids. Thing. Okay. She said, <laughs> one of the listeners wrote and said, I was once in a wedding where bridesmaids had to carry strange objects down the aisle in lieu of flowers. I carried a clock with bunny ears and some greenery wrapped around it. One girl had some sort of teapot. Another carried a weird lantern. <laughs> what? That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh my god!
1: I can't get over the one where she said that she was in a wedding where the bride um, put them all on a diet and on made a diet. them send. In their food journals?
0: Yes. Oh my God. I could not believe that. Okay. What did she say? She says, three of my friends were bridesmaids for a girl who put them all on a diet. She made them keep a food diary and send it to her weekly and attend spin classes. What? (laughs) I would immediately disown that friend. That is freaking ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Let's do a quick bridesmaid story. I was a bridesmaid in a wedding two years ago. She required a particular dress, a particular hairstyle, and that we pay for her makeup artist to work on us. What bothered most about getting ready is... me
1: let me pause and say, I think those three things are actually... So in her email, she says required a particular dress, fine. Yeah, a particular fine. hairstyle, fine. Like those things are pretty standard, and the makeup thing too. Like that's pretty standard, actually.
0: Well, okay, I've had I've had plenty of weddings where they've done my makeup, and then they like at if you want like extra eyelashes or extra whatever, then you pay for it out of your own pocket. Okay, she says, What bothered most about getting ready is the shellac nail color that she demanded we all get. It took me forever to find and added unnecessary expense. So, like, she had this shellac nail color that she was like, Go and get this. I wish brides were more conscious of their wedding parties' budgets when they got married. A lot of us are saving for our own big life moments. I was bothered by this, but then really bothered during her bachelorette party in Vegas. Oh, don't even get me started on bachelorette parties where it's just like, Let's go to Fiji. And I'm like, How can anyone afford this? She expected us would pay for everything for her except her flight. After a ton of planning on my part, she proceeded to ditch her group of six friends to go hang out with this guy she met at a pool party. She ended up cheating on her fiancé the entire weekend. I remember paying for a spa treatment at the Cosmopolitan for just the two of us, where she snuck her phone in and ignored me to text this guy. She used I don't know why I'm laughing. This is a horrible this is so sad. She used her fiancé's credit card to buy this random man drinks and he was all she could talk about throughout the trip. She also proceeded to get into fights with not one, but two bridesmaids during the trip, although I was the only one to drop out of her wedding party over her actions, we missed a few of the pool parties that we had to pay to, that we had paid to get into. She ended up marrying her fiance, and he never found out. That's crazy Gross. drama. That could be a reality show, man. Seriously, oh my god, it's like an episode of the Kardashians. It really is. Okay, do you have the questions pulled up? Nope, but I sure can. I can do it. All right. Talk really quickly about what you love about the 800-gram challenge.
1: Okay, yeah. So if you guys are following me on my personal Instagram, which is ClaireHKO, um, I've been posting a little bit about doing the 800-gram challenge. Frankly, the only reason that I'm not posting about it on our Joy and Claire Instagram is just because I don't want to have to post in two places. And I know, like, the I really... There's a little bit more, more ethos to it than that because I feel like the, I have fewer followers on my personal Instagram and I don't want people to like be triggered, which I hate that word, but triggered by seeing a lot of like food posts. And I try to be really aware of that on, on our Joy, Joy and Claire I think Instagram. that's smart.
0: I think that's smart because a lot of people can take that the wrong way. Yeah. And, it and be so something like where people are like, ah, now we're all focused on food again.
1: Right. And so like I share some other like kind of more personal stuff over on my personal Instagram. Um, So feel free to follow me. And the point is, I'm doing the 800 gram challenge, which you can go back and listen to our episodes with E. C. Sankowski. Who we've not had on the podcast what three times, two times, two times. We need to have her back. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's so smart. So she created yeah. this challenge. the The long and short of it is that you eat 800 grams of plants per day, 800 grams by weight, not 800 grams of fiber. If that would be insane, you would die. You probably wouldn't die, but it would be very uncomfortable. Which side note, one of like the biggest questions that people have sent me is like, how is your pooping? Like, are you just like, and and it it's unchanged. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's unchanged. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that's so funny. (laughs) Normal. Nothing has changed with my bowels. Nothing has
1: changed. Thank you for your concern. Yeah. So I've been trying it mostly because I have, I've just was ever since we interviewed her very intrigued by this idea and this, you know, it's backed by research and the research that she utilizes has shown that 800 grams is the, is an optimal number for a lot of people. And of course, this varies greatly by your body type and your activity level and everything. But 800 grams is sort of like the number that she landed on based on the research. That's like, okay, if you could make it to 800 grams after that, you're kind of at a point of diminishing return. Not that there's anything wrong with eating more than that, but you should be, most people should be getting at least 800 grams and none of us really are, or very few of us are. And so I more so was just curious about like, how much am I getting? What does 800 grams even look like? Is this something that, you know, I could be doing in my own life? I came to find that I'm already eating like six to 700 grams pretty easily, like the extra 100 grams, maybe it's like a peach at the end of the night, to just kind of like put me over. But the thing that I like about it, I've only been doing it for four days. And the thing that I like about it is just that it, it keeps the thought of eating plants at the front of my mind. And so if I am hungry, it's like, oh, is there like a plant around that I could start with? And you know, I don't think anybody's arguing that we shouldn't eat more plants. So and I'm not saying that I'm like, I'm um, replacing, like, I also ate potato chips yesterday. So, you know, right. I'm not saying right. that like, I'm only, you know, I'm, I'm eschewing all other sources of snacks and I'm only eating plants, but also this is like the, my favorite time of year for produce. So I feel like I also am kind of cheating by being like, I'm going to eat eight, Oh, 800 grams of peaches and sweet corn done. Done. I
0: think that's a great, I love that. That's a great focus. I love that you also said that you're eating potato chips too because it's like i think when we see that we assume that like everyone's being so good and it's like this is what you know, i love about a this good challenge focus.
1: yeah and that's what i love about this challenge quote-unquote challenge it, i mean it's the challenge but i hate that phrase this is what i love about it is that it's not there's no restrictions put on your diet at all it's just like hey eat whatever the heck you want but within that get 800 grams of produce that. per day and when we talked to her on the podcast she was like you know I think most people will find if they really are eating 800 grams of produce per day, that there's probably not a lot of room in their diet for other processed foods. But if you want to have those processed foods, nobody's stopping you.
0: Yeah, I love focuses on things that you can add versus things you can take away. Because for whatever reason, we're still focused on this diet culture of eating the right things and taking away the junk food and whatever. Uh, and I I'm just gonna-
1: always like, I always will be, and always am curious yeah. about like what can I, yes. what like subtle shifts can I make that are things I can incorporate into my daily life. And you know, Learning- I'm not going to be weighing and measuring my plants forever. It just is like. Right. And someone also wrote in, like, tell us about the 800 gram challenge. I don't want to have to weigh anything. Unless you can look at like a plate of veggies and know how much they weigh, then
0: I'm sorry, this is not the challenge for you. Yeah. And I think that there's nothing wrong with learning about nutrition. There's nothing about, I I recently, we started following the dietitians of Palm Valley. I think that's their Instagram handle. And they just put such great information out there. And I think what people kind of get confused on is like, oh, are we supposed to just throw all nutrition out the window? We can't focus on health at all. It's like, no, it's fine to learn about food. It's just that when we use it as a weapon against ourselves and use it to kind of breed this self-hatred is when we kind of get into that territory. So uh, on that same note, I'm going to vent for a moment is I saw one of the most famous Cross- CrossFit athletes post a picture of ice cream and then saying like, "Oh, don't worry, guys, I'm working out." And <laughs> my reaction was like, first of all, we weren't worried, we weren't worried. And second of all, why are you feeling like you need to earn your food? Uh, You're a professional athlete. And third of all, it was like, it looked like the tiniest scoops of ice cream that were low fat and you're still trying to make this like you have to justify it. Uh, Eat the full fat ice cream, throw on those scoops, triple, It reminds me of Napoleon Dynamite.
1: Are you eating, are you drinking 2% milk because you think you're
0: fat? You could drink whole milk if you wanted. (laughs) Just drink the damn fat. Just drink it. Uh, eat it, all of it. Okay, it. next question. What question would you ask Taylor Swift? I would ask Taylor, will you be on the podcast? I would ask Taylor Swift, what is your beauty routine? What is your morning routine? I like want to know what she does when she wakes up. Are her cats just snuggled in? Is she singing songs on a, like a voice memo? What, like, What is her creative process like? she like, like? Snow White,
1: to- that she just like sings as totally. she cleans? Except totally. she probably doesn't clean her own house.
0: Yeah, she probably doesn't clean her own house. I need to know these things. I want to know what she does in the morning.
1: I think it's funny that you're like, we don't care to see what you eat, but I need to know. Don't post what you eat. But I want to know, like, do you have a house cleaner? Yeah, totally. (laughs) The facts that Joey wants are very specific.
0: It's true. (laughs) Do you clean your own toilets? Like, do you make your own bed? What kind of sheets do you sleep in? Do you have, do you drink out of very fancy straws? Like, I just need to know the little details of like how your life is just a tiny bit better than mine. Like what kind of little things come to your life? Do you have morning delivery of coffee every? I, I just the the, <laughs> the rich people.
1: This is like where life, it comes back in, like that you're like, like your Hills and Kardashian. One
0: hundred percent. I was just gonna make a Kardashians reference. Like I need to know what Kim K does in the morning like does she wake up with a full face of makeup? Does she just have an airbrush where it just whoosh, like throw, throws on her face? Um she is just she actually doing has moisture masks?
1: She they crawl into her room in the morning and and they airbrush her face before she wakes up, before she wakes up. <laughs> it's like in So Kanye see, has never seen her with a nude face. Did you ever see you I of course watched Miss Maisel. Yeah, oh yeah. Where she would do that in the in the beginning of the first season where she would like Get out of bed after her husband had fallen asleep and take off her makeup and then wake up before her husband woke up and put, yes, her, makeup and back put her
0: makeup on. Yeah, and put her makeup on. Yeah. That's exactly what I envision. Like, I just need to know how these celebrities' lives are just when, if we were to have like be a fly on the wall where we'd be like, oh my gosh, like this is so weird. So many questions, Tay Tay. Okay. What are your thoughts on minimalism and any connection to mental health and any connection to mental health? I love the minimalist documentary. I love the minimalist podcast. I think it's great. I think Marie Kondo forced everyone to clean out their houses. I'm sure everyone's just sitting on the floor eating their meals. Now we have like nothing left in our houses. No, I, I love the movement because it's made me more mindful, if anything, which I think is always a good thing. I'm not saying that I think it's a really cool practice to have something in your house that makes you feel good. So if it's like a table or if it's like a glass or a painting, I think those are really cool things to have around you to surround yourself with things that bring you good energy. But I also think it's been helpful in my life to just be more mindful about what I bring into my life or bring into my home or purchase, Um, which actually has saved me a lot of money because there's times when I'm like, do I need that? Do I want that? Is that something that would bring me joy? Am I going to be throwing this out in a year? But I'm also pretty frugal. I've just that was that's how I've been raised. So,
1: you are very frugal. Things you learn about your friends when you like share business expenses with them. I am definitely not as frugal as right. I'm not frugal at all actually. But I yes, I was raised ahead.
0: by parents that we didn't have a lot of money and I would go to the grocery store with my mom with a stack of coupons. And she would be that person at the coupon checkout. So like I, it's it's again you go back and you're like, wow, this is these were my beliefs around money, and it's so funny how you like start to play that out later in life, even even when you have money.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not a bad thing. Uh, I think it's better to err on the side of frugality. I'm for minimalism. I like it. Um, One of the biggest things that I have been kind of grappling with in my own life when it comes to minimalism is two things. First of all, is clothing, because right now I'm still in this like I say in between phase, but I don't know what my body's going to look like again in a year, but I, you know, I, my body is just very much in flux. And so I'm kind of in this phase where it's like, okay, I don't want to be wearing the same, like two things every day, but I don't want to spend spend money on clothes that I'm only going to fit, you know, that may or may not fit in six months or three months. And, but at the same time, like I want to wear clothes that I feel good in and look good in. And so like, how does that play around with minimalism? Because it's like Just the I I struggle with minimalism in transitional phases of your life. Like sometimes you need stuff for just a short amount of time, but to me, there's not really like a conversation within the minimalist ethos about that. And so, like sometimes you really you only really need something for a couple of months or a year. Then what you know? And I know it's sort of like borrow or you know make borrow whatever the hierarchy is, but. Um, sometimes you just like want some nice stuff that you know you're only gonna wear a couple of times. And then I also have been thinking a lot about that in in terms of my house because we live in this really cute little house. It's like super basic. It's not, you know, it's nothing fancy, but it definitely gets the job done. We have a great little yard. We have wonderful neighbors. The schools in our area maybe aren't the best, but they're not, you know, we still live in Boulder County. So like, how bad could they be? And we really grapple with this question of like, It feels like the assumption in our culture is just, well, you're going to eventually – this is our starter home and eventually we're going to move into a bigger house because that's what everybody wants is a bigger house. And so we go back and forth all the time about like, well, there are all of these things that we'd like to do to this house, but they're not things that we would do if we knew we're just going to turn around and sell it in five years because they're pretty like expensive upgrades and we probably wouldn't get the return on our investment if we just move in five years. And so I really like grapple with this on like a a philosophical level of like I've realized it is so deeply ingrained in me to think, of course, I'm going to want a bigger house that like at what point? Can I just sit back and be like, you know what? This house has everything we need. No, it's not big. No, it's not fancy. But like, so what? So that's my my. That's where we um, kind of fall into the comparison
0: trap too, right? Yeah. Like, it's really hard to kind of go, well, my house in comparison to this, or you see all these fancy houses. It's just, it. that's the natural reaction, I think, of, me, of human nature of like where yeah. you stand in the world. And but then I think
1: too, just about things like, you know, all my kids having like
0: mm-hmm.
1: their own, like, I mean, they both have their own room. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and I grew up in big houses. And so I Mm -hmm. think about that too, where it was like, that's just kind of the, that's what I know. And so anytime that you, you know, I grew up kind of probably on the opposite economic spectrum from you. And so I think it's the same thing And on the other side of the coin of like, you realize, oh, this is what I, this is how I like learned about the world. I lived in a big house. And so I Mm -hmm. think like people live in big houses. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. So anyway.
0: Right. As it relates to mental health, I just think that when we're tying ourselves to things, uh, it's such an easy trap to fall into, but things do not buy happiness as much as we think that that will fill our void. I definitely find myself like going shopping, and it's something that I loved doing with my mother when I was growing up. We always loved to shop. We felt like that was such a like bargain hunting was like such a um, luxury for us and a bonding thing. So that's, I think that's why I love to go browse around. It's like kind of mimicking what my mom and I used to do. And we used to like look for sales and, but I think that when you're starting to buy things to kind of get that hit of adrenaline or get that dopamine rush, is when you just want to be careful of that, of like, if you're filling some type of void instead of doing it just for, I don't know. My friend once said, do you really need anything? I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. Because I would always try to justify, do I need this? Do I need this? And it's like, look, buying things is not a bad thing. You can appreciate beautiful things and not buy them. Um, but anyway, okay, moving on. Breakfast or dinner? Let's end with a really quick one. <laughs> breakfast or dinner breakfast for dinner breakfast for dinner do you do that a lot
1: oh yeah it's so easy it's like the easiest thing and kids love pancakes at any time of day at any time of day and joy loves pancakes at any time of day day. so like (laughs) sign me up for all of that i also have found that hollandaise sauce is just the best at any for any occasion as well great Great. So yeah, breakfast
0: for yeah, dinner. Yeah, breakfast for dinner. Oh, what was your favorite CrossFit Games moment? I think someone brought this up that they're like, "We." I really think you missed an opportunity to talk about Tia when she, someone asked her, actually, I think it was our, our friend Nikki, who was one of the commentators at the Games, that when they asked her like what she thought about the cuts, and Tia really just gave this amazing I don't want to say it was a speech but she no, talked she about did how She just her
1: response, yeah, she yeah, said yeah, it was really I respectful of yeah, the said, athletes. Yeah. She said, you know, those girls are my friends and yeah. I hope that they know that they deserve to be here and, you know, I think she went on to say a little bit more but that was the gist. Like very poignant, very to the very like to the point. I think that that was like a sportsmanship great, beyond yeah.
0: sportsmanship.
1: Well, and I also just think that like that speaks to why CrossFit is so much fun to watch is because we do have these personal, we care about the athletes and the athletes care about each other. And I think that that is something that, you know, has always been unique about CrossFit. And I think it's something that we tend to take for granted now that we've been in this world for so long. Right. But that like, there aren't that many sports where the other competitors are really want to see their friends succeed and, um, and, and they want to see their competition do well. So I just think that, yeah. My favorite moment of the classic games, though, I mean, it's always about meeting our listeners. It really always is.
0: If I was gonna, if I was gonna pick like a competitive point to focus on, it's when we watched in the Coliseum when they do the clean ladder or the clean one rep max or whatever. I mean, it was. I loved
1: watching the that, that was fun. It was. It's always fun to watch those like one rep max lift events. But even that was like not as exciting as I thought it was gonna be.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, Um, it was fun. It was very cool, but I would love to have seen it. You know what I miss? I miss the one where they had like, you know, 10 barbells and each one gets higher. and The clean ladder, the true ladder where they're like running. running. So that is so fun. Like Dave, 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 if you're listening, bring bring that back, bring that back. Um, Yeah. I I have have memories of that in the tennis stadium and that was so fun to watch. Those are my
1: favorite memories from the CrossFit Games was like that exact event being in the tennis stadium. I can like so clearly
0: remember. It was so fun. I can too. I just think of Camille. I don't know why I remember Camille. I think of Brooke Entz. Brooke Entz. Yeah. Yeah. Brooke. Oh, Brooke. (laughs) Okay. Where is she now? Well, we just covered a lot on this episode. Uh, Please send us your feedback questions to girlsgonewad at gmail.com. Again, you can support the podcast by supporting kettlebellkitchen.com, the discount code GGW. Send us your feedback. Send us your comments. We check if you're going to send us... A question for the podcast, I recommend emailing us as opposed to the Instagram DMs. Those just tend to get lost. uh, So we don't like if you send us a specific DM, I'm not talking about the question bank that we post on our stories, but if you have like a longer question, please email it. And we also have a real quick way to do that. If you're on Instagram, you can just click the email button under our profile and that will send us an email. And we love hearing from you. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast over the years and for. Just being so respectful and creating a community that we can have these discussions, these tough discussions, because I think ignoring it just does a disservice to society. So let's keep talking about it and let's listen to one another and love one another and just keep putting putting good vibes out into the world. So tough things are not to be avoided. It's just we need to kind of dive in and talk to each other and listen. So thank you for being an example of that.
1: And don't forget, go get your kettlebell kitchen. Discount code GGW. So delicious all the time. You're going to love it. And yummy, if you haven't yummy. tried it yet. You gotta go do it.
0: All right guys, love ya. Bye.